Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 52 for Monday, August 12th, 2019. My name is Joel Duggan, and joining me, as always, is my podcasting friend for the past year, Johnny, or as a few of you may know him, Pixel Riffs. Good day, sir. Has it been a year? The time passes so quickly these days. And yes, no, it's it's awesome to be sat here recording the 52nd episode of a podcast 52 weeks later, or roughly that. I think our, our actual podcasting anniversary was a few days ago, but we decided to make this the kind of the birthday episode for the Spawn Chunks. So yeah, happy birthday, Spawn Chunks, and congrats to, to you for uh, holding up this podcast for so long. <laughs> with, with... Oh, it's a, it's a joint effort, my friend. It's a, it's a joint effort. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it one of those, yes. Um, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take full credit for having the idea, though. That's, oh, please, I'm gonna, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you're, 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 the, you're, the po- you're the podcaster here. I'm just, I don't know, some bloke who showed up, I think. <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, no. Uh, in all seriousness, it, it, it's been a lot of fun, and I uh, also cannot believe it has been an entire year. Uh, it has absolutely flown by. But that's, I think that's a good sign of you know, a project that is just really fun. I know that I've mentioned a number of times on the show whenever I'm dragging my feet on a Monday and I come in and I record the Spun Chunks with you, the rest of the day is just like lickety split, lots to do, the community is engaged and like you log into the Discord and like everybody's like, woohoo, it's the new podcast day, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And it just, it's very energizing to have something like this to do on a Monday. So I am looking forward to many years to come, I hope. Uh, Minecraft does not seem to be slowing down. So. Exactly. That's, that's what I was going to say. It's also testament to the longevity of Minecraft and its ongoing appeal that like, had we started a podcast about, I don't know, Apex Legends or something like that, you know, if we, mm-hmm. if we decided to start, you know, a flavor of the week first person shooter podcast, that would probably have died off within three months. Minecraft as a phenomenon keeps trucking on. And I'm very happy about that fact, not just because it means I get to do a podcast with you, but also because I feel like Minecraft is just such a a force in my life right now that it's it's just super cool to be here talking about it every week. Speaking of, what has this force in your life been uh, keeping you busy with the last week? Oh my goodness. Well, another milestone for you. Uh, I hit 200 episodes of the Minecraft Survival Guides. Nice. So I did a massive world tour where I in- inevitably missed some stuff from my world because it, there's, just, <laughs> there's just so much going on there now. So I, t- I toured like the, the, what I thought were the major landmarks and projects and all of the stuff that's like a little bit further away from my base. I had to kind of make a mental checklist of like, oh yeah, I need to go there and I've got a nether portal out here that's going to take me to this. And I thought I kind of wrapped it up with a bow and did everything well and then people were like wait you didn't even show the witch farm which was this massive thing you spent three videos on and you didn't show the ice farm and the flower forest and like all of this other stuff and i was like oh yeah i don't i don't know my own world as well as my audience does at this point so yeah it's been super cool though and a few people were a little bit confused when i wrote on my youtube page like we're gonna end the week on episode 200 they were like wait episode 200 is the end of the series i was like no no we're just putting it on friday um so <laughs> so uh yeah I've, I've now aligned the numbers so that it starts and ep- like a week starts on episode 201 and then it'll end on 205 and the numbers like align up with the weeks a little bit and it's neater speaking of episode 201 that went out today and i got the how did we get here advancement so i got oh, wow every single status effect in minecraft all at once that is tough as nails joel let me tell you like it's it's so 
so difficult and I was trying it out in a creative test world first because the sequence with which you have to do all of the stuff is so it feels incredibly like haphazard but it's very precise because while you've got effects like you know the beacon effects that can refresh and you've got mining fatigue for five minutes uh, and I did it with you've got to have bad omen and hero of the village as well so I had to go out and do a raid and then come back to the place where I've got this elder guardian and a shulker and a dolphin and all of this stuff stored up in the overworld and you get down to potion effects that last for eight minutes and then four minutes and then a minute and a half and all of that feels very comfortable and then you realize you've got to get glowing nausea levitation dolphin's grace and wither and each of those lasts at most 10 seconds from the sources oh, you can get them from like nausea from a puffer fish i think lasts for 13 seconds maybe 15 something like that uh glowing and levitation are both 10 seconds from a spectral arrow and a shulker then the only way you can get blindness is to eat suspicious stew that lasts for eight seconds and then the way i was getting wither was from a wither rose that i stepped into or kind of swam into because i had to mm -hmm. have dolphin's grace which only lasts five seconds and a wither rose only gives you wither for two seconds so i'm there cramming this stew into my face swimming whilst like poisoning myself with this wither rose and the achievement pops and i get it and it was just i could barely talk at the end of it i think i said as much in the video it was like i had no idea what i was saying by the end of that because it's just so tense getting everything mm. right and you've only really got one shot at it before you have to reset everything and make sure that you've got the potions brewed again and all of that kind oh, of stuff yeah. so it was it was intense but i i got it and that is the last advancement i had left to get in that world so now i've oh, 100 wow. so you've got them all i've 100 percented minecraft's advancements and i still feel like i have a whole lot of stuff i want to do with this series so the inspiration is as fresh as ever cool cool cool, cool. i watched your uh 200th episode the uh the world tour the yeah. cinematic world tour and uh i i have to uh i have to say i really like that style of video like yeah. that style of, of tour where you've just gone through and filmed a bunch of stuff with remind me the camera the replay mod replay mod yeah um and and it obviously you've, you've got shaders and you know you, so you can kind of do it at your own pace but then you can go back in with a voiceover much like a podcast and just kind of like talk at your own speed yeah you don't have to try and do gameplay and talk at the same time yeah yeah uh and and it can be I mean, your your player was in the shot sometimes doing things, so I guess because the, there had to be some sort of player interaction to demonstrate something, but it just it felt like a cool bird's eye view of the whole thing. Like I felt outside of the usual first person, you know, obviously yeah. you know pixel rips the player going around and interacting with the world, and it was great because it it gives you that. Um wider view both literally and and more i guess um figuratively where you can get back and relax and say like what you were thinking about when you built the build or you know or why you did it and when you did it and the kind of things where you're talking about like the history and and of the world and what you're kind of thinking like oh the the um the old town they used to live here but now it's sank into the swamp and so it's a little bit more decrepit and things like that where those are the things that you know you've said on the series before but it's not 
soaked in by the viewer the same way when they're watching you like mine something or build something like i i find that sometimes the amount of information coming to a viewer in a minecraft video is is twice as much as a normal one yeah right because yeah. you, you're listening to what the person is saying which may or may not be related to what they're doing and you're still watching what they're doing with intent and so having that kind of style of video was was super super cool and, I, uh, and some people i want to try to learn replay mod some people aren't always into the lore side of things either so it, it's mm. it's kind of nice to kind of recap that stuff that i've you know mentioned offhand in a couple of videos but i don't want to dwell on it because that's not the purpose of the tutorial so mm. yeah when when i'm not doing a video that's specifically about how to make your builds feel like they are part of a story or kind of tell a story with something it's uh it's nice to to kind of recap that every so often and say like this is my my vision for what's going on here while we're not focusing on technical stuff and how to acquire certain resources and like building styles and stuff like that it tends to it, it tends to form a more coherent picture for people who are interested in that kind of thing mm -hmm. so for me i've not, I've not been able to play Minecraft, but uh, I have been doing a lot of hiking over the last four or five days. Uh, you can actually hear more about that in the rendered distance, which is the extended version of the podcast that we send out to our Patreon members. Uh, I have been inspired to do more control of the player path, you know, and I don't know how relevant this is. I'm curious about your thoughts on this because once you're end game, like, you know, you are with the survival guide and, and I am with the Citadel, you tend to just fly everywhere. Like you tend to just jump out of another portal, walk four blocks and get as high as you can, as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. uh, in some ways though, when I'm building stuff, I generally want to try and control the player path and the player eye, uh, much the same as I remember experiencing it when I used to play World of Warcraft and you would enter into a new zone and you would like wind down a path into some trees and then the trees would reveal you know, a small castle or a, a or a orc village or something important, and it really felt like a cool cinema uh, cinematic experience. You know, walking through the world, um, which later on, same thing in, in World of Warcraft, you could eventually fly on mounts, <laughs> yeah, and and you did not walk as often, uh, and so something that I I've been thinking a lot about after being outside uh, most of the weekend was some of the frustration that I was running into as I was thinking about like, ooh, this would look really cool in Minecraft. Like I want to create this kind of a thing. And then really quickly realizing, man, I don't know if I can or if I want to, it's really not going to look the same. And granted, we have more slabs and stones uh, over the last you know update with 114. We have um, some new textures, but like not, I mean, all the new textures that are in the game now, but like there's not... A great deal of stuff that you can do uh, there are some berry bushes and, and so some new foliage but i was just thinking like i i feel like minecraft could use some more woodsy blocks like some more uh things that would make you feel like you're in a forest as opposed to all the trees being the exact same height or, or width rather uh and and every, all the ground being relatively flat yeah uh, I I think in, in a natural forest, there is also so much variety per square meter compared to Minecraft, where you can actually measure stuff per square meter by looking at the blocks around you and going, okay, I can have one flower in this square meter of, of land, where like in a forest, you could have like a carpet of moss and some trees and some flowers growing up around those and some fungi on the trees. And like, there's so much layered stuff in real life that we just don't really have access to using that kind of stuff in Minecraft. 
No, it's true. And and there I mean there are some some very creative fixes. Uh Whip, who we've had on the show before, has retextured his um uh dead coral fans to be fungus. So mm-hmm. when you put them on the side of a tree in the, in the forest, it looks like a mushroom. I was yeah. like, that's brilliant. And not not too far outside the realm. Like you could still do that with a dead coral fan and just kind of like use your imagination. But a simple retexture for that dead coral fan, which let's be honest, you're not really going to be using that in many places anyway, mm-hmm. uh, makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I was thinking like it would be nice if there was like a there was a moss. I know that you can kind of use like concrete powder to kind of mimic that kind of mossy look, and I have done in the past. But I feel like in the in the photos that I took this weekend and in the experience that I had specifically uh, on on a hike I did yesterday, where it was really just a, a walk in the woods. Uh, the forest floor has got no dirt. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's all moss, or it's like pine needles and leaves. And I know that podzol is a thing, and it sort of looks that way, but it's only just the one color. And I kind of feel like there could be more to it. Like I walked and or tripped over so many tree roots this weekend, and, <laughs> and it's just like there are no tree roots in Minecraft. Like you don't get that kind of aspect. Like when a tree hits the ground, that connected texture is just a straight straight tree which is fine i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that it is minecraft i understand that things are going to be blocky but it's the kind of thing where you if you were going to landscape it and you really wanted it to look like a dense fantasy forest or something like that you you would want things like smaller rocks you know not just placing buttons on the ground because let's face it that doesn't look like a rock um thinner trees younger trees tree roots uh i know we have ferns in the game but they don't look like the ferns that i see whenever i'm out now this could be just regional this could just be me kind of like in nova scotia but when i some of the 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 forests that i walked through this weekend they they were just covered in ferns like you couldn't see anything below two feet because it was just all ferns you can't can't see the wood for the ferns yeah yeah exactly and but it was beautiful and you can't do that yet uh in minecraft now some of this stuff could be easily achieved with just like maybe retexturing your your um or remodeling even you know the the fern that exists so that the low fern is maybe a a thicker low fern um you could easily um like you mentioned even just having you know one flower per square meter i believe that you can go into the model for flowers and just add three more and like and, and so that if you plant one flower you'll end up with with three i don't know what that looks like in the game i'm sure there's a way to kind of mess around with that um yeah. uh, if not just by texture pack certainly by data pack you might be able to alter that kind of thing um but the other thing that i've i noticed too was just uh, in a lot of the the boggy places that i walked across uh, in in the hikes they were pretty well maintained and they had these like wood plank walkways that kind of like guided you over what would be a very mucky unpleasant walk uh, and possibly damaging to you know to the surrounding areas so they want you know, they want to keep people out of it um and i find that the wood plank walkway thing in in minecraft is also maybe a little bit too clean like uh, there there's there's not an option to have wood that's not finished like you can't you can put logs down but like they're the size of a tree <laughs> yeah yeah like you can't have you can't have what would be like a fence post that looks like a log horizontally uh the things like the wood planks are all very pristine like they don't yeah. look like they've been outside very <laughs> they don't, long they don't feel well trodden do they yeah no exactly and i mean and i know these are all like mostly texture things and 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 very nitpicky things like being able to put down a, a series of like groups of three rocks and these are the kinds of things that pop up in other games like um i'm trying to remember the name of it 
Farm Together, I think, was the one that I played. And ultimately, as you progress through the game, the game starts giving you these little decorative things that you can kind of place around your farm, just kind of make paths look nice and put a big group of stones where two paths connect. And it just it just kind of gives it a little bit of visual interest. And that's the kind of thing that I kind of, I was thinking of this weekend. I'm going like, man, how can I do this in Minecraft? So while I didn't play a lot, I was definitely thinking about like, how far can I push this game in terms of what's available to me now. And then quickly I got into like, hmm, what's missing? What's missing from this blocky environment and what could they do that could still be very Minecrafty? Um, like for example, turtle eggs or uh, what are they called? Sea pickles. The way that those function, it's too bad you can't do that with rocks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it just, it's, you spend all this time mining stone. You'd think that you'd be able to take some cobble and maybe pile it up. I don't know. I don't know whether that overcomplicates things and opens up, opens up a can of worms that Mo Yang just doesn't want to go down. But anyway. <laughs> I think maybe. I think that it's, it's also tying into that thing of Mo Yang not wanting to add stuff just for the sake of it and wanting to have additional functionality to stuff like rocks now if they were rocks that you could pick up and then throw like snowballs that maybe you know you could use them to take mm. half a heart off of a nearby zombie that's just been burning in the sun or something then potentially that's something that can have a little bit more mileage as something in the game than just like we want to add piles of rocks so that paths can look pretty and that's mm. obviously like it's great for folks like us who enjoy the building aspect of the game but they also want to consider the rest of the the player base in each of their decisions which is always as we've said on the show many a time before a, a bit of a tough call i yeah i kind of i've seen some folks in mods uh specifically mods that are designed to add in a bit more of this environmental stuff using effectively like carpet style blocks but for stuff that's a bit more natural like having a leaf carpet is something that i can't remember if it's in quark or if it was just in one of the other mods that I was using concurrently with Quark back when I was on the Division SMP and we were doing a uh, a modded series there, which was largely focused on building and uh, having a slightly nicer natural experience. It also had stuff like dynamic surroundings in it where you'd get a bit more of the uh, sort of ambient sound coming up. Mm. And there were leaf carpets and there were things like that, just like little detailed but fairly discreet things that you could just lay down as though they were carpet, but they fit in a little bit more with the natural stuff around you. And I think that stuff has potential to be used in an interesting way, but once again, you have to consider the diversity of it and how that's yeah. going to solve more than one problem. <laughs> because, yeah, the only the only problem it's solving other than that is, like, this grass looks a little bit boring. Right, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can think about some ways to get to create it. Like, I mean, the composter right now, like if if it did more than just bone meal, like if you put in other blocks and it gave you something else, like yeah. instead of if you filled the composter with say podzol and then it gave you mulch, you know, and then you could with I mean, I know podzol and mulch are like essentially the same sort of idea, but but like if you if you could give you something else on the other side. Um but and that could maybe it's a, just a new block, you know, like maybe it's just something that you could you could use creatively in the game but then um and it's like i don't know i'm trying to i mean, I, I paint painting myself back into the same corner of like i'm just thinking about stuff creatively um with regards to the rocks i'm wondering if there's a way that as i like the idea of being able to pick them up and throw them or something like that how hard is it remind me to get a bow in minecraft like is that something that happens really early on like you need to have <laughs> it's usually pretty easy you've got three sticks yeah. and three string so once yeah. you killed a spider you've probably got a bow 
Either that, yeah. or you, you usually take one from a skeleton. Is what I tend to yeah. do. Yeah, because I'm thinking like a, a a slingshot would be mm. a fun, you know, early weapon in Minecraft. And if these stones were part of that, then that could kind of add to it. Especially if it was like fast. If it was a like maybe not a strong weapon, but kind of like a you know like a, a, a quick fire mm-hmm. sort of situation, not a high damage. Um, but also I know that um, like with sea pickles, they give off various light levels as you put them down. And I'm wondering if not light levels, but maybe like, you know, put rocks down and maybe have them a comparator be able to read them. Like, you know, like be able to control a redstone signal. That doesn't make sense. But then there's a lot of things in Minecraft that don't make sense. (laughs) So making sense, I'm not getting in the way of fun. I think. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, and you could do that with say like, I mean, I'm now I'm really off on a tangent, but like, I'm thinking about stones and rocks for decoration, but what if you could also do it with ore? So like if you wanted to put your diamonds or, or your redstone down and it would show up like crystals on the ground mm-hmm. and the more redstone that you put as chunks of crystals, the more redstone output it would it would create. Like that could be kind of neat. Uh, yeah. Th- like just being able to to, to um, right click on a, on a block and just paste, place more and more redstone and the more redstone you put down, the higher the output from that particular block. I mean, there's an interesting kind of dynamic there, I think. But anyway, st- uh, starting to feel yeah. like a mod brainstorming session. Yeah, exactly, else. exactly. Yeah. I don't want to go too far down. Well, I mean, I'm rambling because there's no news. Yeah. <laughs> there is <laughs> none. We're just going to skip that, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, we, uh, we, with, we really uh, don't have a whole lot to talk about this week with regards to news. No. I'm, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure, as we've said last week and probably the week before by now, they are saving any important stuff for minecon happening next month um around this time next month actually it was only six weeks away a couple of weeks ago so i think we're uh we're we're fast approaching it at least and it's going to be interesting to see what they have but expect the news section of this podcast to be a little bit on the dry side until then unless moyang manages to scrounge out any more details about other stuff before minecon happens but Mm -hmm. i don't expect that to be the case and I think uh, because we are celebrating a full year and that year has been made possible by the wonderful people that listen to the show, uh, we are going to kind of di- dive deep into the, the chunk mailbag and, uh, and read quite a few emails, especially ones that are in replies to our discussion last week. And I think you've got the first one. Yeah, uh, this one here comes from Callum. Thank you so much, Callum, for your email. Uh, It says, Hi guys, big fan of the show. In regards to the comeback of Minecraft in episode 51, I have a question regarding Java versus Bedrock. Someone I follow on Twitter was recently talking about getting back into Minecraft and how they were going to play Bedrock, as that's the version they had installed and saw no point in getting Java. As someone who has played Java for coming on seven years, I couldn't imagine playing the Bedrock edition and I wanted to scream at them for doing so. However, the more I thought about it, I couldn't find any reasons for a returning casual player to necessarily get the Java version over Bedrock considering they already had Bedrock installed. I was wondering, do you guys have any answers? Or do you potentially even think Bedrock may be more suitable for players who will only be casual? Thanks in advance, Callum. So, my opinion about this is really boils down to if you just want to mess around and build stuff, Bedrock and console edition even are basically the same game as java like the, it, it's it's all the same blocks it's all the same mobs like some of the mechanics may be slightly different but the average player is not going to mind as evidenced by the fact that the average minecraft player does play bedrock edition minecraft java edition accounts for a fraction of the overall minecraft player base many of whom are on consoles on tablets that's just the stuff that's more accessible to them or even on the windows 10 edition because it's cheaper than buying java minecraft as far as i'm aware i can't remember exactly how much it costs because 
uh, Java players, if they bought the game before a certain point, got a code that would allow you to download the Windows 10 edition for free. So it was, yeah, just kind of neither here nor there for me. But um, if you want more control over the world, I think that's where the cracks between Java and Bedrock start to show a little bit, because the complaint from Bedrock players, there was a very good video about this by Silent Whisperer, who's a friend of mine from Decidedly Vanilla, but primarily a Bedrock player. Um, he made a video about how mobs don't naturally despawn on under a lot of conditions in, in Bedrock Edition. Like, they've got a despawning system in place whereby hostile mobs will despawn if the light level is high enough. So if there are, like, player placed light sources nearby that's when hostile mobs start to despawn but if the area remains dark that's when they can they can stay there basically so it's not like a distance based despawning system the way it is in java and that's why a lot of mob farms end up not really working on bedrock because the other mobs in the world are taking up the mob cap and not despawning um and and so there are these issues that ultimately lead to a weird player experience because your river is full of drowned all the time but it's not going to trouble casual players unless they start to dig deeper into things and want a lot more control over everything about their environment not just what blocks are placed where but where stuff spawns and how much of the resources they can farm and that kind of thing so that's that's really the only case i find for java edition versus bedrock really aside from accessibility you know preference for control style that kind of thing I really think Bedrock for a casual player is, if anything, ideal. You, you you have more chance to play with more people, connect with more people, especially if you have friends who are already in that ecosystem, if you're playing yeah. in Bedrock Edition. Yeah, and to, the, to that note, I would also say that uh, play on the version that you're going to have the most fun on. Yeah. And uh, also ask around before you get back into it. Uh, if all of your friends that played Bedrock, you know, three years ago uh, are no longer playing Bedrock and are on Java, you might want to know that. Mm -hmm. um, before getting back into it. Now, I mean, in, in this particular case, uh, Callum mentioned that they already had Bedrock installed. So that would be like the the um, least friction, right? Like you already have it, you can just turn it on. Um, but I, I, one of the issues that we had with uh, a friend of ours that wanted to play on the Citadel was there was a miscommunication around the time we started. It was a near the very confusing uh, marketing information about the play together update. And uh, and he ended up buying the Windows 10 version or something like that, mm -hmm. and couldn't join the Java server, and he was disappointed and frustrated, and a little bit of a little bit of a rage quit. He's just like, well, screw it, I bought the wrong one, and I can't go back now, and so I'm just gonna play this one. Uh, now, I mean, it worked out well. His his son is into Minecraft, so he was able to play with his son uh, much easier because his son had like a tablet or you know a, a Xbox, and and um, and my friend was on on a computer. So so it worked out in the end. But reach out to uh, the communities that you want to play in, find out who's playing what, uh, or even just what kind of thing they're doing. Like maybe maybe all your Bedrock friends friends are doing PvP and that's not your thing. Maybe maybe you want to go to Java because people in that community are building or maybe the vice versa. Maybe there's Java stuff that's all, you know, PvP and you want to do more building. Um, I think also too, if you're going to do any kind of multiplayer, then looking into Java might be worth it if you want to control over like the server and you don't want it to be on a realm and there's there's advantages and disadvantages to each um but when i've had a number of people ask me either just in person because they know i do this podcast or people that have written me uh emails and asked about that kind of thing 
and I, I always outline it as like, you know, look into where you want to play and who you want to play with and what your style is. Like if you want to sit in front of a computer and play Minecraft and, and the Java, you know, kind of features are, are where you want to be, including the multiplayer experience, then great. But if you want to kick back like one of our other emailers later this, this uh, week and play it on your Nintendo Switch, like if you want to be able to game on the train as you commute to work then bedrock is the way to go right mm -hmm. it's just it's really a, a personal preference um yeah. i i do find i know you and i talk off obviously a lot about java because that's what we play um i find even watching bedrock videos as as similar as everything is i just still do find it very alien i think it's got something to do with like how the player moves around it just it feels very off to me and it's yeah. not not a criticism it's just it's like a fish out of water i'm sure if i played it i would get used to it but it, just, it feels weird <laughs> my my major criticism of bedrock right now is that aside from the you know technical differences with java uh, they don't have subtitles, and I like playing with subtitles now. It helps a YouTube audience, especially if somebody is, you know, deaf or hard of hearing and wants to understand what's going on in the video. But also, I've gotten used to having subtitles on to, if I'm playing with the volume turned down, I can still figure out what's going on. I can see uh, sound effects happening that I can't necessarily hear because I've got some of the volume levels adjusted. But the thing about Bedrock Edition, of course, is that you have two volume sliders, which are for sound and for music. You don't have the finer level of control over the individual sounds that Java Edition mm. does. And I really feel like a breaking down of all of the different sliders, while that's obviously harder for people on consoles to manipulate because it means adjusting everything incrementally with analog sticks it would be a boon to everybody who plays on Windows 10 Edition. Have like a master volume slider for everybody else and then break the rest of the audio options down a little bit. Allows much more refinement of the experience. I feel like stuff like that is kind of essential. Also, speaking of sliders, on the Windows 10 Edition, I like to play uh, in, in Java Minecraft with an FOV of 80. And in the Windows 10 Edition, for whatever reason, the field of view slider has decimal points in it. And if you want to go from 70, which is the default, the normal field of view, to 80, which is what I prefer to play on, it doesn't let me rest on 80. It's 80.4. <laughs> and I can't get it to go to 80. It's either 80.4 or 79.6. For whatever reason, it jumps in like increments of 0.8 each time. And I can't get it to come to rest on 80. And I don't know why. And it frustrates the heck out of me. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> That is that yeah. is the, the the one really petty reason why I'm a, a holdout on Bedrock Edition right now is that every time wow. I adjust that in the in the video settings it just oh it it drives me mad. Yeah, that is really bizarre. Like I can't even think of a good reason for that. I mean, granted, I'm not a developer, but it's, yeah, that does that seems a little bit strange. I think it's because it's not set up for mouse controls. It's meant to be controlled with analog sticks, which are going to move stuff a certain like increment each time, or maybe right. for finger sliders from the the uh, you know tablet editions. So mm. yeah, I I really feel like that's a, a strange oversight as far as people playing it on PC, which is where I do the majority of my gaming. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a petty reason really i'm i'm mostly joking about that but but mostly is the the term i want to keep in still there. like even if something is good even if a slider is going to snap you think it's going to snap to like 79.5 80.5 like yeah you know just like halfway marks like you common sense yeah 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 it's a little bit strange uh our next email comes from ron d in response to last week hi guys i started playing minecraft in 2014 but i didn't start to really get into it until the fall before 113 around the time it was shown at minecon live 
I'm doing some math in my head. I want to say that's around 2017. Uh, while I do think that Minecraft has been on the rise since 1.13, I think you are discrediting the YouTubers joining the scene a little bit for some of the popularity. Right after 1.14 came out, I was watching Hermitcraft, listening to this podcast whenever there was a release, and playing Minecraft almost every day. With all of this going on, I got burnt out. Then, a few days ago, uh, when uh, Jacksepticeye, who we've mentioned on the show before, started playing, I got interested in it again and got back to the game and for the first time in months. While I do think the updates help people stay engaged in the game, the big YouTubers who play again or play for the first time are what helps me remember why I first played Minecraft. Uh, and yeah, I to reply, for me personally, I would argue any content creator that you like that's creating content that is engaging with you is going to give you the itch to play Minecraft again. Mm -hmm. Like I've been one of my favorite hermits is Iskull and and I've been watching a lot of his stuff lately. And because I haven't been able to play, watching creators is a way that I can kind of keep up on Minecraft for this podcast without having like the hours and hours to sink in. I can watch a 20 minute video from a couple creators and, and be up to speed over my like my breakfast or my lunch breaks and stuff. And Whenever I'm finished watching one of those videos, I'm always just like, oh, I got to go back to work now, but I really want to play Minecraft because I've just been watching like some really fun stuff happening, some redstone or some really cool idea, something that sparks something in me. Uh, I really appreciate Ron writing in and giving like a different perspective uh, because I, I, I would say, I don't want to speak for you, Johnny, but I don't follow these big YouTubers. The, the YouTubers that I tend to follow are a little bit smaller. Uh, a little bit more on the like the Minecraft focused side, mm -hmm. so I don't have I don't really have someone that is like a big Fortnite Call of Duty you know uh, Dota player that happens to be playing Minecraft you know like because th they're just kind of like spanning all these popular games. Those those generally aren't the YouTubers that I follow, so I don't have this experience personally. So I really appreciate Ron writing in. Um, I do want to hit on the note that Ron mentioned that 113 uh, was what really kind of got his interest back into Minecraft after being kind of out of it for a few years. Uh, we got another email from Jacob uh, to that point. Uh, Jacob said that Minecraft 113 was a very magical experience for me. I've been playing Minecraft since 1.8. Uh, and the only major update before 113 was the 1.9 update. Uh, the one major change I remember there was the end, but that's hard to get to and you don't see it very often. When the 113 update came out, I was so excited when I got to play, I was following the news to do with it, and I jumped into uh, a boat and was just amazed at the beauty and intuitiveness of the update. I halted all my projects and spent the next week uh, just exploring all the features of the update. This update, 113, is probably another reason to do with the upswing in Minecraft interest. Uh, anyway, love the show, keep it up. So the reason why I wanted to read both of these is because they're both right, right? Yeah. It's 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 not an either or, it's not a agree, disagree. It's like everybody has a different experience with Minecraft because there are just so many people that play it. Um, I think the through point there is that both the amount of work that the Mojang team has been putting into the recent updates, the huge changes and the creativity that went into the 113 update aquatic, along with now, a year later, uh, YouTubers that are, are very popular picking up the game uh, are all contributing to um, some added, uh, we'll say, buzz about yeah. Minecraft. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think that's, I think it's it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to see 
the community jumping on and replying, you know, to last week's episode. Like we had, we had more than this. There essentially other emails from other people that essentially said the same sort of thing. Um, but we wanted to highlight these. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think the flaw from our perspective on this whole thing is that we are people who are currently in the Minecraft ecosystem. Like we play on a weekly basis, if not, you know, in my case, a daily basis. Mm -hmm. We are basically constantly looking for stuff to talk about with Minecraft. And so Minecraft feels very present in our lives. I can absolutely appreciate that anybody who doesn't really play Minecraft as regularly as we will, uh, sees somebody big playing minecraft and goes oh okay minecraft is back and this person is the one who's done that for me and that's that's totally fine that's an entirely valid perspective and i, do, I don't want to kind of like downplay the importance of that kind of stuff for the average viewer just being able to kind of get a, a fix of minecraft again and get back into it and remember what made the game special for them and even now i get some some pretty serious kicks out of watching people experience minecraft for the first time because well, i think we've talked about this in the past but that's the kind of the first time experience is so sought after in minecraft and i see a lot of people discussing like how can i get that feeling back of having mm. everything be fresh and new and confusing and the answer to that is to leave the game for a few years <laughs> and then come back to it after several <laughs> updates which seems to yeah. be what a lot of these people are doing and yeah i, I don't want to um cast any aspersions on particular creators and saying that you know they're just doing it for the hype or whatever that kind of stuff is because maybe they are bringing a certain passion into it and for, as somebody who comes from a a place of passion for this game then that feels like a good thing to me i just i hope that people don't end up placing all of their hopes and dreams on these people who might end up you know giving up on minecraft again in a couple of years and then just feel like that one creator has let them down just because they want to move on I feel like there is a wider Minecraft community to explore beyond creators like that. And if that's the person that gets you into Minecraft again and you want to explore further than that, just know that you don't have to limit your perspective to just those individuals. There's so mm. many people out there playing the game, many of whom are incredibly underrated content creators. So yeah, I, I, I'm totally on board. If Jacksepticeye gets you back into the game, fantastic. I hope you have a great time playing. Yeah, I mean, and Ron, Ron was like that with his language too. It was like, it was all about this is what has engaged me. This yeah. is what brought me, not what has made Minecraft better again. Yeah, yeah. You know, like no, it that, wasn't that's... a broad statement. It was like, it's, he was communicating his experience, which I think is great. Speaking of, I, if you're out there and you're, if you're a listener and you are brand new, like you either did not pay any attention to Minecraft at all, did not play until like this month or very, very recently in terms of the grand scheme, uh, and you have somehow found the, the spawn chunks right in because uh, the, the one thing that we're not hearing from is the brand new player to Minecraft that has maybe discovered it through a very popular YouTuber uh, and been just like, I've never given this game even a passing thought. But now that I've seen it played by one of my favorite uh, content creators, I want to give it a shot. I would love to hear from someone in that kind of camp because like you said, you and I are in the in the all Minecraft all the time camp. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I saw a comment on one of my videos today that was something along the lines of when you don't call yourself a veteran because you never stopped playing. And it's that that's kind of how I feel about it now is like I feel like I've been playing this game for so long, but I don't want to call this like a Minecraft veterans podcast because even then we have both come to the game relatively late in its lifespan at this oh, yeah. point in time. Uh, so, yeah, it, but it, but we do feel like we get very in depth and we talk a lot about 
you know we deep dive on features of the game and stuff like that and it's it's really interesting to get the the new player's perspective on everything i i get i get a buzz off of that stuff people getting like confused by what's this feature and like what do i do here and and people figuring out how to enchant stuff for the first time and stuff like that that's that's also really cool and and speaking of which we have a third email here that comes from michael p which addresses that a little bit later so it says hey guys new listener here there you go joel <laughs> you got one right away <laughs> it was that easy uh just wanted to say thank you for all the awesome info you put out in this podcast in case this gets read on the podcast here's a great seed for bedrock players in the audience since i hadn't played in quite a while i wanted to start fresh so i called my world a whole new world and on a whim decided to use the seed aladdin well, what you did there michael uh this seed is really fun the spawn point is right between a desert and a forest biome and a little way south of spawn there is a jungle within a day's walk from my house there are two desert temples a couple of really big villages in the jungle and a big tower that i've been too scared to investigate yet i tested the seed on pocket edition as well so i'm pretty sure it will work for all console versions and you're probably right if they're using the same like bedrock edition architecture then the seed will work the same for everybody so anyone who wants aladdin i think it's with a capital a and i kind of think capital letters are different to lowercase letters so yeah use the seed aladdin to play on the same world as michael but here we go here's a question for you guys what is that tall tower in the jungle i'm attaching some screenshots to show off the house and the farm and i took a screenshot of the tower so you can see what i mean there are lots of npcs near it and every time i've walked past it i've been carrying some valuable items so i haven't dared to go near it yet as you'll see, my house is very heavily inspired by the episodes of the Minecraft Survival Guide, but I think you, I like, you'll like what I've done with the hill beside the house. Uh, anyway, thanks for making a great show. You've easily earned a new number one fan, Michael. Thank you, Michael, and thank you for name-dropping the Minecraft Survival Guide. Very kind of you. The the tower, it turns out, is a pillager watchtower, and when you said there were a lot of NPCs near it, I kind of got the hint that this was probably a pillager outpost. Uh, so those are generated structures that will exist kind of like the temples and the villages and they are focal points for pillagers pillagers will appear elsewhere in the world uh, and they carry crossbows and they are typically found in patrols so they, the patrols will spawn randomly but if you want to be guaranteed to have a fight with a pillager then you can show up to that tower and you will see them however as a new player i should warn you if you find a pillager with a banner over the top of its head and you kill that guy you get an effect called bad omen if you then walk into a village while this bad omen effect is currently affecting you it will start a raid and a ton of pillagers will converge on that village wave after wave of them and will attempt to attack the villagers there so you've got to make sure you're prepared to uh, start a raid if you want to do that alternatively if you have that bad omen effect and you want to get rid of it find a cow get a bucket milk the cow and drink the bucket of milk that will dispel any and all status effects that you have i'm an expert on status effects having just completed the how do we get here advancement so yeah i've i've had a fair amount of experience with with raids and bad omen and that kind of stuff and if you're new to the game and if you're not confident in your combat skills i recommend getting rid of that bad omen effect if you get it but don't be afraid of the pillager watchtower bring a shield because uh yeah the bedrock edition has shields now i recommend using them against pillagers because they are ranged attackers they'll shoot you with crossbows from a distance and you'll need a shield if you want to get up close and personal with them i could not have said it better myself there you go it's almost like so, i like i make tutorials for this game can you tell <laughs> <laughs> uh in that light i'm going to move on to the next email from dan slash wizzy digster excellent excellent screen <laughs> i, I really like that one 
Uh, hi, Joel and Pixel Riffs. I just started listening to the Sponge Chunks podcast about two weeks ago. I started on episode one and I find it extremely entertaining to listen to your early episodes now that it is later in the year. It's pretty crazy to hear you both uh, talk about your predictions on what is going to be released or how blocks or items are going to be used now that most of them are actually in 114. Good guessing on some of the stuff. Hey, I think we got some stuff right, Pixel Riffs. We do all right. We do all right. Yeah. Thank you guys for the hard work which you both put into the podcast and contributing to the Minecraft community. It's really helpful uh, to me understanding Minecraft and to get some common ground with my boys. I believe he's talking about his his children. Uh, I do have a quick question. While playing on the Java single player, sometimes my villagers will glitch out and no longer allow me to open a trade window with them. Is there a way to fix this or do I have to start over with a new villager? Thanks, Dan the Wizzy Digster. Uh, again, I'm, I'm emphasizing the excellent screen name. Uh, I, to quickly kind of make sure that you're up to speed, Dan, if you're not up to date on 114.4, there was a bug that was fixed. Uh, so make sure you're up to date on the latest version. Uh, if you're experiencing a new bug, it might be good to follow the steps that we outlined in our last uh, episode last week uh, on the Moyang Jira page and how to report a new bug. Uh, screenshot it if you can, that kind of stuff all helps. There's also a bug report that your game will export that you can include uh, in submitting the bug. Uh, I think you probably already know this, but just in case, and for any other listeners that are new, uh, if this is a not a window GUI bug, but the trade is being locked, villagers now lock their trades and only replenish them twice a day, provided that they have access to a profession block. I believe in Pixar, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's at 2,000 and 9,000 when they refresh their trades. Yeah, which doesn't make a huge amount of sense if you're just used to looking at the position of the sun in the sky, but basically it's kind of like a little bit after like a couple of minutes after the sun first comes up at the start of a day and then when the sun is directly overhead so basically midday is the second time they refresh their trades and you will hear them now making workstation noises because they will work several times during the day anyway um but that doesn't necessarily mean they've refreshed their trades anymore there are specific times of day when you'll hear pages rustling if it's a lectern that a librarian is using or something like that at uh, yeah just after dawn and then at midday that's when they tend to refresh them um if you're still getting the issue with the window uh not opening at all like if you try and talk to a villager and the trading interface just doesn't come up at all um i've found that if you surround a villager with blocks and then break and replace their workstation block that's what refreshes the trade it's it's it was previously in 114.3 it was a bug which meant that they they were having trouble pathfinding to their workstation and so they were trying to do that and they wouldn't open the trading interface in the first place so that might be the case it might be that you just haven't updated to the latest version of minecraft so give that a look especially if you're using a mod like optifine uh it's it's common to just log into minecraft using the launcher and optifine doesn't update automatically the way the latest version of minecraft will show up in your launcher so it's kind of easy to miss new iterations of the uh of the game if you're not if you're using optifine and you're not just using the latest version from the launcher yeah something else with all of the changes that they made to villagers over the 114 one or dot one two three and four uh how how old is this villager that wasn't included in the email and that might be a key piece of information as well like if you created the villager in 113 did you create the villager in 114.2 uh so some of that stuff might be 
creating some complicated things. But I mean, if all the things that Johnny said don't work, then then you may have to just bring in a new villager. The good news is that's actually pretty easy to get new villagers now and pretty easy to uh, get them to be the profession and get a good trade. Yeah. Uh, it, there's lots of information. I feel like every content creator that I've been watching over the last week have done nothing but villager trading, villager <laughs> moving. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to like come down on anybody. I'm kind of bored. I kind of yeah. want people to move on. It's, well, it's kind of been done to death, but I think people are just like in the process of just educating themselves, wrapping their heads around how it works. Uh, everybody's also excited as, as to how easy it is to kind of get the trades that you want. So if you are a content creator, you're not wasting hours and hours and hours trying to sort through villagers and doing, doing it the old fashioned way. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that in 114.4, they introduced the mechanic that villagers can now stock more items so it will take longer for their trades to uh to cross out um which means uh you'll probably see more people basically regenerating their stock of villagers from scratch and working on more villager breeders and stuff now that that update is more solidly in and we don't expect to see yet another iteration on 1.14 so yeah you might end up seeing even more villager content coming out soon if you are burnt out on that, though, we have a fifth question here that comes from Aaron, AK33, who is actually a member of our Discord community. Thank you so much, Aaron, for the email. We're probably going to discuss this a little bit more in the post show, but it says, Hello, Mr. Joel and Sir Pix. Um, not sure the Queen has knighted me quite yet, but, you know, it might <laughs> might happen at some point. Um, knighted you with a pickaxe? <laughs> yeah, perhaps. I dub the Sir Pixorus. Uh, I have a question slash discussion for you both. I'm going to be moving pretty far away from where I currently live. If you've ever moved, you know how stressful it is. So I found that Minecraft is a very good stress reliever. Listening to the podcast and going mining has really helped, so thanks for that. Uh, what game, if any, do you use for a stress relief or just to turn off your brain and play? Thanks for the podcast, Aaron. Uh, we're going to give you know, very brief answers here because we want to move on to a little short discussion for our main topic this week. But uh, personally, I've been treating Minecraft as work lately, which means that if I want to de-stress, I don't tend to go straight to Minecraft as something to do. I don't tend to like tinker around with my world too much because it gets me too much in content creation mode. And uh, if I want to switch off my brain, right now I'm playing uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on the Switch. I completed the game recently, had an amazing time doing it, but I barely scratched the surface on the amount of side quests and bonus stuff that you can find. And the world there is massive. So I'm going through trying to get as close to 100% completion as I can on that game, and it's great. So I recommend that if you're a Switch player, pick up Breath of the Wild. It's very much worth it. I have I don't have a stress relief game at the moment. I generally just play Minecraft. Uh, I do I do use some different tasks in Minecraft. Uh, I find because my work can be very task oriented uh, and the to-do list can be very, very long, um, if I log into Minecraft without a real mission and just go around and maybe putter and fix some things or look at my notes that I keep about the Citadel and realize, oh, there's a couple of things right here that are not good content to share. They're just kind of like, you know, filling shulker boxes full of stuff and not even like big mining projects or, or resource gathering, just like yeah, fixing things up, uh, cleaning up an old workstation that's unsightly and, and just kind of getting that kind of stuff out of the way. It takes like an hour, hour and a half, something I might do before bed. I do find checking off those boxes very satisfying. It's like, oh yeah, I felt I felt like it did work, even though it was completely Minecraft. Um, however, uh, when I used to need a game to, to de-stress, uh, for me it was World of Warcraft. And it was the kind of thing where I would just log in and do some 
do some quests or, or experience a story. A fun trick that I used to do would be to read the quests out loud. Uh, it sounds silly, but it made you slow down and actually read the quest as opposed to just reading the part at the end where it says, go get these 10 fish and bring them back. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and so as a result, you'd have to try to pronounce the names of these fantasy people out <laughs> loud. You'd have to really orient it, you know, orient yourself to the environment say like, okay, I've got to go north along this path. And, um, and sometimes I would set up arbitrary rules like no flying on the mount, you know, just looking at the map to like, oh, there's where I have to go fly to the big blue circle, you know, and collect your stuff there. Instead, it was like, all right, I'm going to use only horse, you know, like only ground mounts. So I have to take the road. Uh, and for me as an artist, I find that that kind of stuff very relaxing. So um, exploring the world, having new stuff just kind of like roll over the hill towards me, probably one of the reasons why I find hiking so relaxing. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think you can probably achieve the same thing in Minecraft. Like you could just log in and just decide I'm going to walk this way. Yeah. You know, you can... pick a direction that you've not gone and just go. If you have a world that you like exploring in, uh, especially if you have a, a, you know, terrain generation mod pack, something like open terrain generator with biome bundle, uh, there's some, some really great exploration to be had in there. And if you want to just set the world to peaceful and stroll around, I feel like that could be a much more relaxing experience than your average survival Minecraft game. So mm. maybe worth a try. Let's move ourselves on to our topic for the week, and I thought we could keep this one short and sweet, no pun intended, because it's our birthday <laughs> and we are going to have some cake. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about cake. We were just throwing ideas around and I just thought, yeah, let's let's have a, a short discussion about Minecraft's kind of underused um, food stuff, I suppose. How often do you make cake in Minecraft, Joel? Whenever someone on the server has a birthday, so uh -huh. three times a year. Well, that's 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 delightful though. That's it's really nice to actually be able to celebrate somebody's birthday in game if if they feel like logging on that day and you know having a slice of cake virtually, then they can. That's that's it is that's cool, really nice. and it's a little bit disappointing that you can't put sea pickles on it for candles. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried, and I'm I not really sure, wanted that to work. Not sure how that would alter the taste. <laughs> Uh, there are weirder things out there in the food world, but yes. Um, no, I don't make cake and I don't make pies and I don't make a lot of the more complicated uh, baking items in the game very often just because it's not efficient. Like, it, And it's not, it's not I have anything against them. It's just like once you've got like a chicken cooker or a beef farm or something, you don't generally need these kinds of food. Mm -hmm. And cake you can't bring with you. Like at least with a, a pumpkin pie, you can, you can store that. You can move the, that around. Um, but with, with cake, it's once you place it down, it's kind of stuck there. Yeah, yeah, it's a very static foodstuff. One of the only items that you can place, like, in the world that way, that, that you then eat. <laughs> you know, you can, yes. you can, of course, break it, but you, you can eat it slice by slice, and I'm not sure if it's, like, saturation value, if it's particular... I think it's probably fairly low, like the other confectionery items are, like cookies and stuff, don't have right. much uh, saturation at all, but, you know, each, each slice will... Uh, refill one point of your hunger so you get I think seven slices in a cake there are some interesting properties of cake though that I don't think people take enough advantage of one of which is um, I think they actually used this on Hermitcraft for a, a vault door uh, where Iskal was setting something up in one of their, their bases where if you have a comparator measure cake it will output a redstone signal based on how much cake is left in the same way that a full container can be measured by a comparator to output a redstone signal based on how much stuff is in the container 
and you can make some quite interesting doors with that. So you can make a door that you can only open if you are hungry, which, you know, would be a great idea if you had like a fridge door or something like that. That You could be like, well, I'm going to raid the fridge now, better eat a slice of cake first and then the rest of it opens and you can continue through. But the my favorite use of cake, I think, above all else, is that if you stack cakes on top of each other, say you stack seven cakes up and you eat an additional slice of them the further you go up. What you end up with is a really steep-looking staircase made of cake, <laughs> which it is possible to climb jumping block by block as a player. But if you're on a horse, you can ride directly up that thing without stopping. So if you want to travel up <laughs> seven blocks in a single block's worth of space, ride some horses up some cake. And that's that's your tip for the day. I will, I will try and get a screenshot of this so we can put it in the show notes for people who are unsure what I'm talking about. But yeah, if you if you basically lay a cake above uh, one another each time, it's it's a really bizarre technique and obviously nobody uses it because it looks ridiculous. But somebody pointed out recently uh, that you can use cake as a component of a staircase and that has not left my mind. That particular image is just hilarious to me. Of, you know, you, you can obviously lay them side by side as well, so you could have a really steep, wide staircase just by, you know, have, having a having a horse ride up this this staircase made of cake. And I think, while that's kind of impractical in survival because you have to get very hungry in order to eat all of the slices of cake, it is kind of fun that you can do that in the first place. So hats off to the Minecraft developers for making the silliest staircase imaginable. Yeah, that's. I never even thought about that. It's too bad that they don't ask, act like slabs, like you couldn't just run up it. Because, I yeah. mean, it would look really silly. But, man, talk about a cool way to add some vertical uh, speed in your nether tunnels. You know, because yeah. <laughs> water elevators, the bubble elevators don't work in the nether. And, like, unless you're going to use, like, a minecart elevator, and those are kind of glitchy now. Like, I don't, I don't know another way to get up super fast in the nether. Um, Sometimes like piston elevators and stuff are okay, but on servers timing can be a little bit kludgy. Um, but yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. It would look really weird. Like you'd have to kind of just accept the fact that you're walking up cake and <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> call I, it a I, Minecraft day. I might, I might have to do that as at some point in the survival guide. Is having a a, yeah. a, a horse based staircase. I do wonder how it works if you're going back down because sometimes horses can run at speeds that maybe if you're running back down it you kind of the horse ends up taking full damage because it runs off over the edge of the block too quickly yeah uh, air, but air but, time. Mm. but I, I imagine having a horse at the bottom and a horse at the top and you just interchange them anytime you want to go up and down the staircase i think that would be uh that would be wonderful but yeah I oh really, man i really funny. do wish there were more items of of food perhaps that you could place out there in the world i think it would be a little bit weird just to have a big old carrot laying on the ground that you could you know take chunks out of but i do think something like like pumpkin pie pumpkin pie really feels like the sister food item to cake and i kind yeah. of wish that you could have that and then have it disappear in like quarter slices or something like that and just have four uh, slices of pumpkin pie that you could eat because i've got a bakery built in my town and the only thing i can really put in there for decoration is cake and then other stuff in item frames which kind of looks like a really obvious contrast between here is a lovely modeled kind of 3d block and then the rest of these are 2d sprites attached to a wall it, yeah. it gets a little bit too obvious i feel like so yeah i kind if of you wish could there was do more something stuff. if you could do something with the hitbox too because we talked earlier about uh, uh blocks in the game that could create 
more than one aspect, like contribute to more than one aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. I know that cake has a smaller hitbox than a box, or than a block. Yeah. Uh, and because I used to remember seeing it in some technical builds where people had to push um, items up against hoppers, like a, a, yeah. up against the edge of the hopper. To like align it with the cake instead yeah. of using chests. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but then if the pumpkin pie block had a smaller still hitbox then that could be good for like mob farms and killing chambers and things where like you have to get a little bit closer but not too much closer kind of like give you that that width restriction <laughs> it, um, it keeps you the perfect weird. distance away from cave spiders i think that would yeah, be the, yeah. the best thing that the crust is saving you from getting poisoned yeah. Yeah, <laughs> i like yeah. that uh that or or uh, you said the cake has got seven slices i think i think so something like that yeah yeah so uh i guess well, I'm, I don't know whether that equates to seven or eight uh, signal different strengths of, of, of redstone. Strength is? I think I just said that word. I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, th- but, but cake, you know, or pie, you could have eight, you know, like eight slices or, or, or you could do more. Like you could do it, maybe have it the whole 16 or something like that or 15. Because um, that, again, a different, like having it have contribute to different levels, similar to how like the cauldron and the composter can output, output different uh, redstone signals um that that would be really cool too yes uh cake is still uh one of the um uh, it's still an achievement in the bedrock edition of the game i believe you get the achievement the lie which is a reference to portal uh for crafting a cake to begin with um i don't know for I, i'm pretty sure that is now out of java edition so you don't get an achievement for uh for making cake anymore you can also trade cake from farmers uh, so it is quite accessible, I think. And uh, pandas will pick up and eat a cake that's been dropped oh, on the ground. Right. They they won't they won't pick up the actual block that's been placed. But if you drop a cake item in front of them, just hit Q and and throw it on the ground, then pandas will will eat the cake. So I feel like there are these hidden depths to cake, these kind of interesting Easter eggs that don't go necessarily accounted for in everyone's survival experience. Because it's also quite a difficult thing to craft, much like baking the perfect cake is in real. Life life i suppose but you need three buckets of milk two sugar an egg and three wheat and that's one of the more complex crafting recipes it needs nine iron in order to make it although you do get the buckets back but it's kind of like crafting pistons where you've got to have all of these different ingredients going into a crafting recipe where other things are just like an assortment of planks with one thing in the middle like a note block or whatever so mm-hmm. i feel like yeah cake has a lot of a lot of interesting concepts to it that aren't really showcased enough in uh the average minecraft world i want cake as a projectile <laughs> yes. i want i want a cake catapult you like, be... <laughs> i'm a little i'm a little sad that it's 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 stuck on the block when you put it like i feel like if you hit it with a piston it should fly kind of like when sugar cane goes and so you could put cake down and then if zombies attack you could just hit pistons and have them like throw cake i'll go one better you need a cake trebuchet because a trebuchet is clearly the superior siege weapon um <laughs> i don't Nerd. i don't i don't know if you've seen the trebuchet memes there is this like whole community of people who are like anytime a catapult gets mentioned they're like you should use a trebuchet anyway yeah i uh tre- trebuchets would also look really awesome in minecraft can i just say like i i do th- i do think yeah so- some sort of food fight uh mechanic would be very cool 
If, if Maybe if you replace the snowball sprite with cupcakes, I feel like that would make a really fun minigame on a server at some point. Oh, and yeah, that would be really cool. That's a that's a good idea, too. Or, I mean, and then you have the vegetarians come in or the vegans with their, their carrot uh, <laughs> gatling gun, just like... This is turning into some kind of bizarre, like, Splatoon crossover at this point. We're yeah. children. It's okay. <laughs> well, folks, I think that's probably going to be it for this episode of The Spawn Chunks. Thank you so much for listening. Had a bit of a fun one today. Uh, you can find out more information about the show and links to some of the stuff we've talked about at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show was composed by me, and as always, The Spawn Chunks is proud to have been a listener-supported podcast for nigh on the past year now. If you're getting some value out of the show, consider putting some value back in. Uh, visit patreon.com slash thespawnchunks to join our community, where pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat and get us closer to our next milestone goal of uh, reinstating the Chunk Mail Dispenser segment. Uh, we're currently at 109 patrons which is equal from last week thank you guys for hanging in there and special thanks to our content engineers jd williamson llamas and yitz for supporting this episode sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show you can find us at the spun chunks on twitter and instagram but a personal recommendation is by far the best way to share the podcast there are seven hundred thousand podcasts out there and quite a few about minecraft so tell everyone about this one this is the one that you want to listen to. <laughs> Not to disparage our other friends that are doing po Minecraft podcasts. You can listen to them too, but you should listen to us first. Uh, just poke a friend in the arm and, and say, hey, this is a cool show. You will like it. And it has a fantastic community. And I, again, after a year, I just can't thank everybody enough. It's been super, super cool. You can email the show at thespawnchunks at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, and Spotify. Or if you prefer, you can find us on YouTube as well. The podcast review this week, which I actually remember to go and find, is from Sailor Germs on August 1st on the US iTunes store. I listen to this podcast to keep me up to date on all of things Minecraft. I love the chemistry between Joel and Johnny. Both have great perspectives about the mechanics of Minecraft and inspire me to keep playing. I enjoy their interviews, timely topics, and all-around good humor. I always look forward to seeing the newest episode pop up in my queue. Keep up the great content. Five stars. Uh, thank you so much, Sailor Germs. And with you, uh, not YouTube, but with iTunes, rather, uh, revamping their category systems, these iTunes reviews are going to be very important. So if you have not yet given us a review on the iTunes store in your country, please go and do so. We have been slowly rising the ranks to close to the top of the Minecraft search engine. So uh, the more people that can review us, the more people will find us and the more people can join the community. The RSS feed is linked on the spawnchunks.com and the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page. That's the only place where you can listen to the render distance, the extended version of the podcast. My name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixelriffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixelriffs, where my Minecraft survival guide is currently in its third century. That's the hundred episode <laughs> markers, not the third hundred years of doing this, although it feels like it on some days. Uh, I also stream three days a week on Twitch doing behind the scenes work for the survival guide. I'm also the voice for the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search. Aside from that, I'm at Pixelriffs on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? It's really simple. It's joelduggan.com. That is my online portfolio. Uh, it's got links to all my social media accounts, but it's just Joel Duggan across all the places that matter. I do a podcast called The Citadel Cafe every Wednesday. It's about sci-fi and geeky entertainment. So if you like this kind of stuff on Minecraft, you might like the things that we talk about there. You can also follow me on YouTube 
and on Twitch. Uh, I'm going to throw you to Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash Joel Duggan. Surprise, surprise. I am going to be getting back into scre- uh, streaming now that the heat wave is over. And I have some inspiration for some paths from the hikes that I took this weekend. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite. Happy birthday, us. Thank you.